Welcome to a special episode of the SEO Report, where we spotlight global SEO frontrunners revolutionizing the search engine landscape. In a moment, you'll hear an unfiltered chat between Lily Ray, one of our global SEO frontrunners, and Torbjorn Flensted, the founder of SEO.ai. Why Lily? She commands a large team of SEO pros, presents groundbreaking research at conferences, and often shares insights on X, Twitter. And yes, she's a stellar DJ too. Take it away, Torbjorn. Hi, Lily. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, and, and welcome here to the podcast. We, we have chosen you as one of the global SEO frontrunners simply because we we just like everything that you share uh, with the SEO community. So we are just happy to have you here today for this this little talk <laughs> about <Thank> SEO. <laughs> Appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Could we could we start by could you tell uh, your story and how you initially <laughs> drew it, what drew you into SEO? Sure. Yeah, so uh, I've been doing SEO for my entire adult life, pretty much. <laughs> I started towards the end of university. I found a job in SEO, and it was just kind of lucky and random. It was not what I was studying at all. I studied politics and Spanish at New York University and found an SEO job out of college, really fell in love with it, and then found another SEO job. And really, that just became my career. I feel very lucky about that. Um, and I've been... My first two roles were like basically a couple of years of more like in-house kind of SEO work for startups. And then the last maybe 12 or so years I've been in the agency world. And in the last like maybe eight years, I've been serving in a director role, kind of helping oversee SEO teams. So been doing this for a long time. A lot of clients, <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's cool. And, and you said you, that you fall in love. Do you remember what, what, what part, what, what was it that hooked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was so cool to like make a direct impact on the sites that I was working for, the companies that I was working for, because at the time, like, I mean, even still like that Google was really the best way for them to, to market themselves and almost the most economical as well. So to be able to affect like, at the time, it was like meta keywords and, and title tags and things like this. And, and to see the impact in Google Analytics was like, wow, this is fun. I'm already having an impact. Um, before that, I was interning in the city government, so I wasn't really having an impact there, as you can imagine. Uh, but I just fell in love with it. And it was so natural, too, because I grew up in, like, a tech family in, in the Bay Area. And so much of this stuff was, like, I've been building websites and tinkering with HTML and CSS and stuff like that since I was a kid. So it's it's a really natural fit for me. I really love it. Cool. And and then you moved to the agency world and, and all of that. Um, how is that compared to <laughs> to being in-house at the beginning? Yeah. Well, I learned the hard way about Google algorithm updates towards the end of one of my in-house positions. Uh, I was actually dabbling with like buying links that go against Google's guidelines and got into a little bit of trouble and, and realized, I didn't even know what I was doing, honestly. I didn't really understand that it was so against the guidelines to do that. Um, but when the Penguin algorithm update happened, I learned the hard way. And I kind of committed to like, I know that there's a way to do SEO ethically and in a way that doesn't get people in trouble. And that's what I want to explore. So 
the SEO agencies, like a couple of them in New York that seemed very interesting were like, I want to go there and I want to learn how to do things right for a lot of different companies. So luckily I got hired by one and I've been in the agency world ever since. And that's kind of one of the main reasons why I'm at like white hat as I am, because I don't like to get companies in trouble. That's not fun. <laughs> do, do you have some principles that, that you follow when it comes to doing SEO the right way? Yeah, I would say align yourself with what Google says to do. I know that that's very controversial in our space. And it's also not the fastest way to see results in many cases. There's so many examples of SEOs and spammers and things like this where people can find shortcuts and they can find uh, loopholes and, and it works. So this is not to say that it's, this is the way everyone should do it. I think plenty of people make a lot of money for themselves and their clients doing things differently. But the role that I serve in, the way that our agency operates, the type of companies that we work for, it's just not, it's not a good idea. I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to mislead companies and clients. And, and, and you talk a little about the link thing that you learned the hard way. Are there some, some, some things that, that you would say, okay, stop doing it this way instead of focusing on, on this more the right way? Yeah. Yeah. It's not just links. There's all kinds of tactics that are in some cases like popular in the SEO space because they work and they have worked. So as an example, um, companies that are like local businesses or service area businesses that have one page per neighborhood that they service. And you can see in, in many cases, the pages work very well. So when every plumber starts to do that. Now the internet is flooded with all the different plumbing companies and all the different neighborhood pages. And Google will eventually crack down on some of the sites, but not all of the sites. So one thing you'll see is like some sites still get to rank in top positions with these pages. So when you tell clients don't do that, they're like, well, it works. Why would I, why would I stop doing that? So that's, that's one of the things that's tricky about like aligning your SEO philosophy with what Google says to do, because in so many situations it, it's, It works the opposite way. But time and time again, when you see the patterns, when you've done this long enough, you realize it's a better long-term game to like do things right, even if it doesn't result in as quick, like quick results the way that you might see with other strategies. And and if if we talk about everything going on right now and and all this AI stuff. <laughs> Is it harder to? <laughs> I think it's 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 hard for many to 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 just focus on the right way because there's there's so many temptations right now. How, how do we have any any tips and tricks on what should we do with with all this AI and transformation right now? Yeah, it's an interesting time because uh, it, you know of course there's super cool ways to use these tools and I use them a lot. My team uses them a lot. And uh, we're very excited about them. There's all kinds of innovative stuff you can do, and including a lot of things that I think you can do very ethically for clients that won't get them in trouble and will result in a lot of improvements. So, of course, like, of course, we're all very excited. I'm very excited. I love using these tools. But on the other hand, they do create a, a way for people that are, for lack of a better word, spamming or even just doing things um, hastily and not really thinking about like the, the quality or things like this. Um, it makes it a lot easier for them to do those types of tactics at scale. So it's a tricky time right now because of course, like 
a lot of us want to use the tools responsibly and want to, and want to provide value for, for our companies and the clients that we work for. But a lot of other people just want to make as much money as quickly as possible. And right now it's definitely obvious that, you know, the search engines haven't caught up with like chat GPT content all the time. And there's a lot of examples of people who are getting very rich using these tools right now. Um, but again, those of us that have been in the industry long enough know that that probably won't last forever. And the last thing we want to do is take shortcuts with really big brands that later are like, how could you do this? You know, you, you knew it wasn't a good idea. So it, you choose your own adventure in SEO, but uh, it depends on your risk tolerance. De definitely, definitely. If, 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 Uh, SEO professionals or SEOs are sitting out there now and, and, and they are maybe afraid, uh, because of AI taking over a lot of stuff also when it comes to content creation or automation in general. And, and do you have any recommendations on how SEO professional could, could, uh, could use this change as something to, <laughs> in their career <laughs> or yeah. how they should approach it? <laughs> yeah. It, it, again, it, it depends on, uh, your own level of like how comfortable you are using these tools and, and like, for example, taking the output of these tools and putting it directly on your site. Like even it's important for people to first and foremost, understand like the legal implications of that. That's not necessarily always legal. And I think most people don't understand that. So that's all definitely look at that. Um, but another thing too is, um, you know, even if something does well with organic search traffic, especially if it does really well in a really short amount of time, time and time again, it catches up to you. So I've had many clients that we support when they've gotten into some type of trouble with Google, whether it's an algorithmic impact or a manual action. Um, you see it all the time. You'll see rapid SEO growth for maybe a year, and then you'll see them lose 90% of that growth in five days. And that's when they call us. <laughs> and like, It's frustrating because people are always like, oh, but you can get away with it. And you never really see the people that are losing everything, like sharing a lot of that information publicly, but we see it in the background. So um, I would say try to do it ethically, obviously try to do it legally. And above all, if you think it's adding value for your customers, you think it's truly good content, like go for it. But I always would recommend reviewing it, editing it, modifying it because in so many cases it gets things slightly wrong and you have to be really careful mm -hmm. good tips and and also a good tip that uh, <laughs> if shit <that> happens <laughs> we, people should call you <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that's uh, that's cool um it's um as a tool builder um i, I saw a very good tweet from you a very good idea here the other day and And it was something like you, you wrote that that you wanted a tool or a solution that could find keywords that relate to ranking keywords, but that you're not ranking for right now. Or could you, could you tell me a little more about <laughs> your idea there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think this is a pretty common exercise in the SEO space to say, I think it's very common at this point. Um, people talk about it all the time. But like... You know, these ideas of like topic authority or keyword clustering or obviously identifying content gaps and doing competitive analyses. So for a lot of the tools, they're like SEMrush, for example, they're, they're super awesome, like 
tools that you can use to say, I know that, you know, I rank for all these keywords, my competitor ranks for all these keywords, and then I want to see the gaps of where I don't rank or where I don't rank very well. And then you can filter it down by individual keywords that you want to focus on. That's amazing. Those are awesome tools. Um, what I would rather see, what I want to see in the future, and there's some responses to that thread that are like, okay, I think you guys are sort of getting what I'm talking about. But it, the, the reality is that I didn't get that many messages that seem like this is actually a thing that exists yet. I think some of the bigger, larger enterprise SEO tools have something pretty similar. But what I want to see is like, okay, we know your site talks about these topics. We know that you rank for these types of topics. We know that you're probably authoritative on these types of topics. These are, this is the whole maybe like competitive set of, of com companies that rank for all these different things. But instead of focusing on the individual competitors, like entering them manually, I just want to know what's the universe of terms that we haven't written about yet across different topics. So I don't want to have to choose one competitor and compare the keywords side by side. I want to just know the whole landscape. Those holes, holes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, yeah. There's a lot of standard analysis and processes where, where you, as you said, you know, you analyze the competition and, and what are you ranking for in top 100, not on the first page and, and all of this. But what about the rest? And I was also, when I saw your tweet, I was also thinking, and, and, and what about maybe trending keywords and, and so on? I saw here in, when ChatGPT exploded, I was amazed by how late a lot of the bigger keyword research tool came up to speed by just having data on, on keywords, including chat EBT and, and so on. So, so I think yeah, there's an opportunity if, if someone yeah. could build that tool, right? <laughs> yeah. When I was, uh, I mean, I think a lot of us were in this situation, but during COVID, I like probably did more SEO than ever in my life at that moment. I was just like, nothing else to do. I'm going to do SEO all the time and do all this research. And I learned so much, especially because so much of what Google talks about, how it should work algorithmically, especially as it relates to like EEAT and, and world crises and politics and things like this, you could see this playing out in real time during COVID. So one of the most interesting things that I noticed really fast was like, these tools have a major lag in terms of how quickly they can get this data. So I think it took like three months for a lot of the big tools to start showing any volume for COVID or coronavirus. So I was like, yeah, like this is not going to give us what we need right now if we're going to be publishing content about what's happening. And, and, and I, I actually think that it was like, you know, the same two or three months with a lot of the chat GPT and AI terms and, and everything that explodes now. It, it's it's difficult to see. Actually, what, what, what we, some of the things that we are doing is, is kind of, you know, going to TikTok and see what what are people yeah. talking about on Twitter and and and, and yeah. try to to figure out the, what's happening and Google Trends and but but it's 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 difficult because it's it's a lot of manual work and and thought into it to to make it work right yeah it depends on the type of content that you want to be creating the type of traffic you want to be getting and where you want to appear so i think I, I actually tweeted something about this maybe even yesterday or earlier today like a lot of words keywords have built in like uh news intent even if you don't think that they do so like a, a celebrity's name or something that's kind of trendy you might see half the the search results filled with like top stories and news and recent articles 
and there'll be like something about that celebrity that happened two weeks ago, but it's not their biography page, you know? Um, so if, if the tools aren't telling you about that thing that happened two weeks ago and you're trying to consistently rank for that celebrity, it's going to be hard because the, the search results are changing so much based on what's happening in the external world. So you have to be using tools like Google Trends and there's other tools like BuzzSumo, um, exploding topics, like all kinds of tools that really focus more on like what's happening now. Um, but I think that's a really important metric to pay attention to is how many results are new results. And how many of them are talking about something that happened in the last few weeks? Because your biography page is not going to rank <laughs> in the top 10 all the time no. if there's a lot of news. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's that, that's cool. And but but all of those tweets and all of all your ideas and, and all of that that's 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 what uh, that's what I what I like about um, about you at, uh, and, and what what you share and and, and all of that. When we talk about tools, you, you mentioned exploding topics and some of those tools. Do you have some some favorite tools that that that, that you think think all people should know? That's a hard one. Yeah, um, it, it's hard because I try to not be biased because I work with like 30 yeah. plus SEO tools yeah, sometimes yeah. in like a kind of like personal yeah. partnership kind of way. But yeah. um, the the first one that comes to mind is BuzzSumo. I've been using yeah. that a lot, but BuzzSumo is in my opinion, and I'm sure there's others, but it's it's the best tool that I use to uh, gain insights about what's trending in social media. So that's very closely tied to Google Discover, which I've been doing a lot of work in. So if something's really trending on Reddit or Facebook or TikTok or Pinterest or Instagram or whatever, like you said, that's actually a really good place to get content ideas. And the, the SEO tools aren't always able to tell you that. So like... BuzzSumo is a good one. Um, Google Trends is, is obviously good? a great one. Is BuzzSumo is, is it like sorry? BuzzSumo it's it's like you know, are you setting up kind of an alert or something? How do you kind of can you kind of you know track areas or, or how do, how does it yeah. work? Yeah, we actually use it with a lot of our clients. We we focus very heavily on on news and publisher and Google Discover type clients. So. For us, it's, it's a big part of the process, but what we might do is say, okay, you'd like to write about Super Mario. Um, we're going to set up like a Super Mario topic and then see what are all the trending articles. You could even go as granular as like the last hour or the last four hours and set up a report to send either to you or to the client. So <laughs> we've had some SEO relationships, and this is different than a regular SEO engagement, but We have news-focused SEO relationships. We actually have journalists on my team, like former journalists. And what they'll do is they'll send the client either once or twice or sometimes more times per day what they should write about and how they should write about it. So we become like part of their editorial team, which is pretty cool. But not a lot of SEOs are thinking this way. So it's it's really a different type of SEO offering. That's cool. That's cool. And, and also feel that that we are very focused on on as a new tool a new little tool up against <laughs> the the big ones we, we kind of you know have to jump on those trends too to to, <laughs> to get a footstand <laughs> so, yeah so yeah uh, absolutely yeah, yeah that, that's cool if if we if, if um if if we go a little back to to the ai and and and, and all of all of that and and you're also talking about um uh, eat And, and this extra E that has come up, um, 
maybe okay if we talk about this extra e and how to demonstrate experience on a do you have any practical tips or anything to say about okay how how can we demonstrate uh, that in our content when we are improving it and optimizing it yeah i think uh interestingly a lot of the like best practices that people might have recommended for not only seo but like good content writing on the internet maybe like 10 years ago uh are starting to evolve a bit because i think 10 years ago you might have told your staff to like be objective you know don't write in the first person um you know kind of write on behalf of the brand we have this certain voice or this style guide or whatever it is that we want to achieve because we kind of want this like uniform way that we we communicate to our audience and that's changing a lot and we're going in this interesting direction where it's becoming a lot more about the author the influencer their voice i mean there's really interesting google patents that go as far as to say like can we tell who this person is based on their voice based on like what they sound like on youtube or a podcast so we link that to other things they've written because we know that's their voice so google's doing interesting stuff in this area but if you pay attention to the longer trend they like being able to say oh that's a lily ray article like obviously it's written in the way that she usually writes it's linking to the other stuff that she's written and now i'm not afraid to use first person um oh when i spoke at this conference about this and this thing you know it's like we shouldn't hide that stuff if it's very much a piece that's coming from my experience my expertise like i am you know free to say like that that i did this thing um the unfortunate thing is you know like all things in seo people want to um create like a, a process that they can use or like a checklist that they can use across the board to to create or to pretend like they're demonstrating EEAT um there's so much stuff going around right now like oh, how do you use ChatGPT to like show everybody you're an expert like that's use not the point pretend <laughs> yeah. yeah okay yeah and again it, it works of course like there's so many examples where it works that it's great but I think being authentic is the most important thing. So making sure that you have people on your staff that are helping you write, either writing the article or reviewing the article that actually know the thing um, very well. Just being authentic and, and maintaining a, a voice, and then connecting the dots with all the other places that you've written online is also very important. So the thing about the the voice, so it's, so it's like you know, so they're actually listening to the voice. We don't know what they're doing. We know that there's uh if you read a, a an article that I wrote with Bill Slowski um four years ago about Google patents and EAT at the time it was EAT. It was fascinating. Bill taught me a lot of things. Um and it was basically like there's Google patents to identify authors based on both their writing style and the sound of their voice. So we don't know how they're using it, but you see that how much they're pushing towards YouTube and and audio and so it's feasible that they might be doing that. So, so, so in other words, it's it's cool for me to have you here <laughs> at this podcast with your voice. It, it can. It's yeah. Again, it's like there's a knowledge graph. There's like certain a certain number of entities that Google is theoretically paying attention to. I'm sure they know Shakespeare's writing style. I don't know if they know my writing style, but you know, like all things, they're going to get better and better at this over time. So, do things right now. That's interesting. Yeah, there's there's so much interesting things going on right now, and and. It's just crazy, right? You know, here we love tools and 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 all of those new tools, but but it's it's also <laughs> overwhelming <laughs> because that it's I th I just have the feeling that everything is is exploding now. You know, 
not only in SEO, but also image generation and, and a lot of cool things, things out. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, if you, if you should look into the future, the next few years, do you have, do you have some tips or some recommendations on how to prepare and, or do we have some ideas on what will happen uh, in, in, in this space? Yeah. Um, what I think is probably going to happen, I haven't really thought about it this clearly, but I feel like I can finally answer this question. Um, I think that spammers, uh, many like niche site builders, like there's all kinds of names for people that, that are looking to scale content production quickly and to get a lot of SEO traffic and revenue. I think those people will and are like experimenting a lot with AI tools and not all of them are going to do this, but many of them are already doing this where they're mass producing thousands of articles per week or whatever the number is. And, and like, again, in some cases they're seeing a lot of revenue from it. So you can't, you can't tell them to stop. Like I saw there was one floating around recently where the people made nearly a million dollars a few months. So who am I to tell these people to stop doing that? Um, <laughs> a lot of money but but what's going to happen is more and more people will catch on to it you know a lot of these people are not shy about marketing how they did this that's part of the process is showing off how they did it and the more people especially people in like let's say developing countries that find out that there's a low barrier to entry to produce a lot of content at scale and they can make a lot of money really quickly there's going to be a lot of people doing that same way there's a whole backlink you know underbelly of the seo industry where i'm sure like you we get uh, Hundreds of emails every day with people selling us backlinks. Um, it's so crazy. That's gonna happen. <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it's it's crazy that it's still happening at this scale. To me, it's really it's a lot. But that's gonna happen, and Google's going to have no choice but to come down a little bit harder on AI content. That's what I think will happen. I hope so as well. Um, what what they're doing with the helpful content update, they'll probably have to ramp it up to like, if you're purely using AI tools, that's that's also not great. They're almost there. They just haven't quite said that yet. <laughs> and so, 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 I also I just think also it, it must be a huge challenge for Google. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. there had always been spam, right? But now it's it's kind of you know, thousand Sorry. times more spam just out there. The, the window out to the internet is you know it's it's just so spammy, right? So, do do you think are, are they doing doing a good job at Google? As of, as of now or yeah, what? yeah. whenever I share these opinions, everyone's very quick to tell me like, number one, they, they can't identify AI content properly um, or consistently. Number two, they won't be able to, let's say with GPT five. Um, number three, they don't care because they're doing the search generative experience and they have Bard and they're doing their own AI content. So it would be too hypocritical. So there's a lot of great responses, you know, with these conversations that make a lot of sense, but, the problem is that users don't love this content. Of course, in some cases, it's fine. Of course, in some cases, people can't tell the difference. But I think generally speaking, um, especially when people find out that AI wrote the content, they don't like it as much as human written content. Maybe that will change, but that's how things are currently. So Google's best interest is to give users what, what human users want to see. Um, last year, there was a lot of bad press around Google because people called it a decaying shopping mall where everything was just product review websites that were all saying the same thing. And this is what inspired Google to create the helpful content update and to create the product reviews updates. So they respond to feedback. Um, 
I think that whether or not they can perfectly identify AI content, they can identify what's creating a poor user experience and when they make major news because people don't like the search results. So they're going to have to find a way to serve people what people are looking for. And the trend is that people are going in the direction of wanting experts, influencers, people that they trust, and a real human quality to the content that they're reading. I, I think I think you're right. <laughs> so it's um it's a, a final a final tip for for people out there. Something that that you think more people should focus much more on. Something that you maybe hear yourself saying again and again. Focus on this. Yeah. What 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 would that be? Yeah, you know you know what's kind of fun about like doing SEO properly. Um, the, the more that you're doing things right as a brand, including like a personal brand. And when I say doing things right, I mean, you know, investing in the quality of your products and services, taking care of your staff, being transparent about your company mission, doing good things for the world, um, you know, contributing to charity, doing original research. Um, the more that this stuff benefits you for SEO. So like, Google's not shy about saying that a good reputation is something that we, we want to see for a lot of different topics and categories. Um, and the more that your, your experts and the people that work at your company are investing in their own personal brands, they're winning awards, they're speaking at conferences, they're being featured on podcasts, they're in Google images, like all of this stuff works together to build up your brand's reputation. So it's beyond SEO. It's really like brand building and then also like individual brand building. So it's fun because when you start to think of it this way, it's like, oh, if you have a tax client, like make sure that your people are attending tax conferences and they're getting the latest um, awards and recognitions and putting that on their website. And it's like mutually beneficial for the company and the SEO. So it's not just SEO hacks. It's not like write 20 articles a month about taxes. It's, it's not always that. It's write one really good article with all the experts on your staff. That's going to do a lot better. Actually, this personal branding thing and, and, and little, little tips, it, it reminds me of, uh, of of a case here from, from Denmark. Um, I, I was helping a, a, the biggest recipe site in Denmark. But then suddenly a smaller site um, where, where the woman behind the site, she was personal and she shared recipes and she was kind of, you know, you know, talk, telling a little story about, okay, this pizza here, she learned it when she worked at a pizzeria as, 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 as a young <laughs> one. And then, and, and all of, all of the, so she, she had this personality to it. And I just yeah. think that people loved it. And, and even me, when I was searching at Google for recipes, I started to kind of, you know, use this one. But but the, but the the professional recipe side was was has had I think it was seven chefs in in a kitchen and spent million on you know TV ads and everything. But at some point you know the smaller recipe side actually became the biggest one here in Denmark. So wow. so, so so that that's I, I th <laughs> there's, there's something yeah. there right about about building this <laughs> uh, brand. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's an interesting example. I think. Uh... You know, the, the reality is like the way that people under age, let's say 21, are using the internet and apps and everything is dramatically different than people older than that. It's not like a clear cutoff, but you know what I mean? Gen Z, let's say. Um, they want the, the person, the one person with the, with the personality. So 
Google knows that. Like there, you'll see so many times in your keyword data, something or someone is just spiking in demand, in traffic. And it's like, if you're not paying attention to TikTok, you'll be like, why is this happening? <laughs> and it's always TikTok. It's always TikTok. So Google knows that. People want that. Young people want that usually. Thank you so much, Lily. It, it, it was amazing to hear your ideas and <laughs> and uh, and uh, and your tips and tricks and, and having this talk with you. So, so I just want to say thank you so much for for being here at the at our podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Good luck with everything. Thank you. <laughs>